Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Why don't you sit down and we'll teach a little bit and then we'll see where the Holy Spirit wants to take us and just grant us favor, extraordinary grace and favor, extraordinary extraordinary confidence in him to trust him and to love him you know we cannot change ourselves but God can we can't transform ourselves from the inside out but God can and he changes us the more we seek him in prayer and I feel like we're on the brink this morning of something very special I wake up in the mornings and once I'm awake Yeah, I look at the clock, but what does that mean? I just go down and start praying because I love to meet with God. I love to talk to him. I love to pray because I know he's got great things for the future. And those are things I want. Of course, we feel sad and sorry about the things that happen in our city. But hello, it's the end times. Wake up, church. Wake up, God's people. It's going to get worse. Why? Because we're getting better and better. We're getting stronger and stronger. God's becoming more and more real. You know, and God gathers us together. And more heavenly opportunities are coming to us. You've got to keep your mind fixed. So I want to talk to you and give you a word for this month about harmony. Okay? I want you to think about the places that you get really hit with, that you're not in harmony with heaven. You're not in harmony with God. You're not agreeing with God. And uh, he's been taking me through learning how to adapt to the Hebraic calendar and the seasons. And, you know, you can be given a sensitive sensitivity to things and it can be quenched and quenched and quenched and punched and brought down until you feel like you don't have it anymore. But you do have it. You all have a sensitivity. You all have been gifted and graced to do what God's called you to do. That's the way he is. He gives gifts to men according to his purposes. That's what he does. He gifts us so we can fulfill his purpose. And our lives won't be over until his purpose is fulfilled for us. So you need to know that, regardless of outward circumstances, regardless of things. Rod was talking this morning about that time in December when we first met. And I used to love to pray the word, and I'm so glad he probably doesn't remember. But that morning, we spent a couple of hours in prayer together. We were just getting to know each other's spirits. And I couldn't stop praying Psalm 91. It's very special to me. I had no idea that a couple of hours later we'd end up downstairs on the ground floor of Harrods, and I think it was 11 people actually that were killed outside. There's a little epitaph there. We, we'll go and look and then we'll see who's right, who's wrong. doesn't matter though, does it? <laughs> but anyway, it was wonderful to stand there and I was actually holding on to a tie I wanted to get you, but I couldn't afford it. But I just thought it would make you feel good. <laughs> but I was standing there, and like he said, I couldn't let go. The promptings of God. Being in harmony with God is so much more important. It's so much more important than anything. Wherever you are, in an airport, in another nation, 
in the supermarket. It's more important to be in harmony with God and to wonder, I don't know why I can't let go of this thing. I don't know why I can't move, but I can't move. I mustn't move. I must, I must remain stationary. There are times when you feel that, I don't know what it is. I guess it's conviction of God. I've got to do this. You order something on Amazon and you have to get it delivered for the next day because it's to do with somebody else's destiny. Whatever you feel, I've got to do this. Do it. Do it because you will regret it. Trust me, you will regret it if you don't do it. So this is a time for expanding our boundaries. Maybe you've thought, well, I've got to operate this way. I've got to live this way. I've got to have the last word or the first word or the main word, whatever it is you think. Let God do something new in you. Let God do something extraordinary in you. That's the time that we're living in. We're living in harmony with him, and it's getting better and better. And you may think, oh, I'm not in harmony with God at all. That's not true. And I'm going to show you some practical ways that you can benefit and, and, and add value to your life each week when we're not together. Because when we're together, something wonderful happens. Whether you're in Thailand, whether you're in Spain, whether we go to Poland, whatever we do, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So I just wanted to say that You know, as we're looking at these months, January, we were looking at faith. And you think about it, if you can just think back a few months, persistent faith. And we just press through. And God is doing something wonderful with us. In February, we learned about the blessing of the Lord that makes us rich. It adds no sorrow and there's no toiling with it. Come on, just keep your mind focused. We're moving forward. We're going to move forward. London's going to move forward through this time. We're going to move forward through the election. It's going to be good. What the future holds for us is good. Tell yourself. Your self-talk's really important. And in March, we looked at it was time to go out to war, and we looked a bit more at spiritual warfare. You know, I think it's so important that we understand the realm of the spirit. It's more important to discern what's really going on. Jesus did that. I mean, if you look over, I was reading this morning Matthew 23 again, and I was thinking, wow, he was so bold. You know, he was so bold. He spoke to the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin. He spoke to his elders in the natural, they were considered the religious leaders. And he said, you're like whitewashed tombs. Why? Because he looked inside. He looked at their hearts. And I want to encourage you, look down in your heart. This is a time for heartfelt new beginning. Why are we doing what we're doing? Because our hearts have already received eternity. If you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus as your Lord, this is the time to do it. This is the time to step into a walk of eternity. Like Rod said, those guys, they thought they were doing something for good. But, you know, it's a wake-up call. Allah is not God. Jesus Christ is Lord. And every eye will see and how do you get to know Jesus better? How do, you, how do you get to have a deeper walk with God? It's called meditation. It's so simple. It's so easy. 
probably go to just one of the basic scriptures for a minute, just so you can look at it. But um, Joshua, yeah, wonderful. Joshua 1, verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. When? Day and night. How on earth do I do that day and night? I just, that's what I think about. Day and night. That you may, you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. So you've got to keep looking, is it up there? You've got to keep looking into the word of God. It's a mirror, James tells us. It's a mirror. I look into the word, it's a mirror. I have to tell myself, what am I meditating on? Let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. One time I was thinking about something really bad and I was thinking, oh, and the Holy Spirit just kind of brushed through me and he said, what are you thinking about? And I was so shocked. We lived out in Lane End and I was so shocked. He was even in the room in the house and he got my attention and he made me realize he was watching what I was thinking about in my heart inside. Why? Because God works on the inside. The world works on the outside. We're in two different places. We can, you know, people look at you, how successful you are because of what you wear or where you live or what you drive. It's got nothing to do with success. Success is to do with how much you love God and how much you have God on the inside and how much, thank you, how much you allow God to move. That's what success is. Success is when I get there. Listen, I want to read you something. Chris was here somewhere. I saw him earlier. We're going to do a bit of filming later. But I just, I want to read you something that I was using on the monthly um, thing. It's in John seven twenty-eight in the Amplified, if you want to pop it up. Jesus called out as he taught in the temple porches, do you know me? And do you know where I'm from? I'm not from here. You're not from here if you're born again. You're from heaven. I've not come on my own authority and of my own accord and as self-appointed by the one who sent me is true, real, genuine, steadfast. And him you don't know. You know, God has sent every one of you here today for a purpose, for a reason. God has every one of you, where you work, where you're going, what you do, for a reason, for a purpose. And it's not on your own authority. And so I use this because I keep feeling that fresh harmony from heaven is coming. And actually, while we were filming it up at the barn a couple of weeks back, suddenly, you know, I was sitting there and suddenly you just had the feeling, the spirit just moved. And it suddenly changed. The birds started singing. And I said, okay, let's just film it. You know, actually, when you watch it, 
it isn't quite the same, but there's something about God moving. There's something about meditating. There's something about being in harmony with God. There's something about trusting him. There's something about understanding. You don't have all the answers. You don't have to struggle to get him to move. We're not, we're not the church world global struggling movement. We're not the church got to get your attention movement. We are the chosen royal family of God in the earth. That's who we are. Meditate on it. Think about it. Ponder it. Talk to yourself. God's with me. God wouldn't send me to the Philippines or to the Timbuktu in Africa or wherever. He wouldn't send me to Norfolk without being with me. He doesn't send me places because he's got nothing better to do. You know what? He sends me places so I can pray. He sends me places so I can stand in the face of adversity because I have treasured the word, because I have let him dwell on the inside of me. So I can pray, so I can be a person who stands in the gap. Okay? But it's no good if I overwhelm my life by walking in the wrong way. Let's go over to Psalm 1. These are some basic scriptures of meditation, but it will help you. It will help you begin to understand. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice. Have you ever been around a bunch of worldly friends? I was last weekend. I mean, they want you to drink. They want you to have a cigarette. They want you to party. They think you're not happy. You're perfectly at peace. What, because I'm not grinning or telling jokes every minute? I don't have the joy. I have such joy. It's so deep. It's so knowing. I don't have to keep, you know, I don't have to to do that. It's like, you want to get drunk? Okay, (gasps) breathe deep. Come on. We're sitting there stiff. Breathe deep. Go deep. Go deep. Go much deeper. Go much deeper. What's the worst thing in your life? God's there. Where's the place you feel totally freaked out and scared? God knows. He's there. I just let it go. (laughs) Are you scared you're going to be below it again? I'm going to blow it. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. In whose mind? In God's mind or people's minds? doesn't make any difference. I'm going to blow it. As long as I keep my heart right before God and I ask him to keep talking to me, I'm going to become more like Jesus. And we all think of Jesus as this gentle giant. But actually, he was really strong. He told it like it was. He went up to people and said, why are you dwelling in the past? Why do you let your soul be filled up with what happened to you years ago? Be healed. Look, you had five husbands and you're not married to the one now. He told it like it was. He said to the Pharisees and the scribes, you're like whitewashed tombs. 
They looked so cool on the outside, so religious, knew all the scriptures. But you know what? He was looking at the heart. And take a moment as you meditate to look at your heart. It's got nothing to do with age. I I was watching uh, actually TBN the other day. I don't very often watch it, I have to admit. I'm not a television person. But um, I did watch it, and Marilyn Hickey was on. And man, she was so full of fire. She's marvelous. She was great. And then she said, I'm 84. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. She had so much energy. She had so much strength. She was so quickened. She was just talking. She was so sharp. She was unbelievably sharp. And I thought, she's 84 years old. Now, just take a minute. How do you look in 10 years' time? How do you look in 10 years' time? Are you worried? Have you stepped out of yourself? Have you stepped out of this earth? Have you stepped out? Have you dared to just not be so concerned about it all, just to step out? Have you looked at Psalm 1 and looked at your old friends and looked at the world and not relax? Look what it says in verse 1. Don't relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. You know, quite extraordinary how God leads us. He's, he led me to go through my book again, and I realized a whole chunk had been taken out that was really important in the name of saving words. And I thought, that's ridiculous. I've got to tell the bit of where I was on the plane saying, God, if you're real, you've got 45 days. Have you ever, have you ever made a deal with God? Have you ever just bargained with him? It's good. He doesn't mind. He's not going to fall off his throne. He knows the purpose he has for you. And that whole bit was taken out. So the last week I've been at home and I've been down in the office and I've been typing away and I've been thinking, gosh, the scorn and the mockery was huge. The level of it was so huge in the 60s and 70s. It was everywhere. And I certainly lived right in the middle of it. And I just want to encourage you, don't sit there. Don't stay there. Don't feel like you have to stay where you are if you're there. You don't have to stay there. Now, let's just read on a bit. Verse 2 says, His delight and desire are in the law of the Lord. His delight and desire are in the law of the Lord. And on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders and studies by day and by night. It's a habitual thing. I got to think about God. I can't worry if people say, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. I'm like, oh, get over yourself, get alive. You know, I am walking with God. He's going to walk into the walls of parliament. He's going to walk down the streets of London in us. He's going to walk with us because he's God. He's destined and planned for you to live a long, satisfied, good life. He's destined that. I just, I love this. Let's look at the next verse. 
we should just read this. He'll be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. I mean, I've done a few things and they haven't prospered. But I kept going. And as long as I keep going, they do prosper. Because that's what I'm called to. I'm called to be like a tree firmly planted. I'm called to go deep. I'm called to let God go down deep on the inside of me, especially at this time. Okay, now let's look at some stuff with meditation for a minute. Meditation is not an escape from reality. You can't accuse me. It's no good you doing all that God stuff. Listen, he's been helping me for 35, 45, I don't know how many, maybe 50. He's been helping me since I was born. Sometimes I've acknowledged him, sometimes I haven't. But this is not an escape from reality. Meditation is not, meditating on God is not an escape from reality. Reality is, you are what you think about, you are what you eat, you are what you do. That's reality. Reality. That's reality. Mindless repetition of short phrases is not meditation. I can't just keep repeating scripture. Showing off. I can't. That's, that's not meditation. Meditation is going so deep inside me. Bringing God's word into my circumstances. Meditation is bringing God into where I am, what I'm doing, when I don't have a clue what that day is going to bring me. But I have a sense it could be challenging. I love the treasures of God. Well, you're not going to keep me in bed asleep, being lazy. I'm going to get up and I'm going to find a promise for that day. Okay? I love what Julian of Norwich says, you know. <laughs> I, went, I went to the Julian cell, I think it was last, not, this, not yesterday, the last week. Just because of such, she spent so much time meditating on God. And she says, but there is no kind of prayer that can make God more responsive to the cell, for God is always constant in love. Want me to say that again? There is no kind of prayer that can make God more responsive to the soul, for God is always constant in love. My soul sometimes feels dry. I think, oh God, I can't take it. And you just, you feel that dryness. You feel like, God, I've seen a better future. I've seen a better way. I can't take this. My soul feels dry. And he just says, meditate on my word. Meditate on my word. Meditation on the word of God is the foundational key to spiritual growth. Meditation on God's word is the key to spiritual growth. The Lord is always at work within me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Turn with me to Job for a minute. I've always been amazed at these 
passages. I'm always amazed at Job's life because if you think about it, you know, he was doing pretty good until God said, hey, have you taken note of my servant Job to uh, Satan? Have a go and see if you can pull him off his rocker. (laughs) But it didn't work. It didn't work. If you think about it, Job's character was strong. Your character being strong will sustain you. Rod is not a man to be laid low, God told me. God gave me a word for him. He's not a man to be laid low. And the minute he went down and went into that hospital cycle, thank God for the NHS, but all I could pray was, Rod is not a man to be laid low. He is not a man to be laid low. He has an incredibly strong will to live. Incredibly strong. And everything I could think about was how to help him, how to encourage him, because it wasn't the end of the story. I have no calling to lead a church. I know what I'm called to. I'm writing it, and it's a book, and it's it's to usher in a change. Uh, And I know that, and I understand. It's to usher in my relationship with God to people out there, to, to, to let them know, it's okay, you, prayer is not some mystical, weird thing. It's you, your heart, talking to him, saying, hey, what am I supposed to do? And he says, don't worry about what you eat, what you wear, where you go. I'm going to take care of you. I'm your shepherd. Oh, like, great. Did you forget? Did you forget? I need some food. Like, don't worry about that. First time he taught me that lesson, I think I only had $10 in my pocket. That was a lot. And I knew I just needed to get Jamie lunch. And God told me to put it in the offering. (laughs) It was years ago. I mean, Jamie was only about four or five. My son, he's 40-something now, 42. And God said, put it in the offering. And I was like, Oh, that's not God. I wanted to rebuke it. But I knew it was because I had made a decision. I'm going to hear your voice. I'm going to learn your voice. And it's better to obey than sacrifice. So I kind of didn't give it very cheerfully, but I gave it. <laughs> and I was really glum sitting in the back somewhere in the church there in California. I was really glum because now what am I supposed to feed the baby boy who gave me this child I really wanted and then bang, how do I take care of him, you know? And as I was walking out of the church, somebody tapped me on the back and they said, God told me to give you this. And they gave me a 20 note. I couldn't believe it. And God said, told you, go have a nice lunch. (laughs) Jeez. I ended up driving my best friend's Porsche when my car was stolen. She said, I don't need my car. I'm going to be pregnant. I am pregnant. I'm going to be pregnant for nine months. So go ahead and just take my car. She had a Porsche. I was like, wow. Okay. And I drove it down to Lagoon. It's much too long of a story. I'm going to just be writing books the rest of my life. But anyway, I ended up with a half a million dollar condominium living in Laguna with a bedroom view of the ocean. Why? Because God wanted me to get to know him. That's what it's about. It was for his glory. It wasn't for mine. Anyway, we got way off track there. 
But I'm not sure where we are. Psalm 1, I think. What? Oh, Job. Oh, come on then, let's go to Job. Yes, so we were looking at Job. You think about all the trials that Job went through. But I mean, Job ended up in a phenomenal position. Think about him. I know what I want to find. I want to find Job. Can you find it? Job 42, verse 2. Can you pop it up there? Just let's not go there because I'm enjoying a wonderful place with God. And I know you probably want me to stop 10 to 1. Look at this. Job went through... He, got, he was healthy and okay, and the next thing is he gets sick. His friends all tell him, hey, you know, life's a mess. Life doesn't work. He lamented, okay. He even opened his mouth at one point and cursed the day he was born. I mean, he was depressed. He got really depressed. Okay. But he ends up saying this, I know that you can do all things and that no thought or purpose of yours can be restrained or thwarted. I know it. How many of you feel like you've been through too many trials? I'm like, surely that was my last trial. Ah, surely there aren't any more trials for me. But he came through and he said, I know you. He knew God. He came to really know God. Go back to Job 22 for a minute. I want you to see something here. Can you put it up here? I'm going to read it from there. What verse 21? Job 22, verse 21. Acquaint now yourself with God. Show yourself to be conformed to his will. You know he doesn't want you sick. You know he doesn't want you troubled. You know he doesn't want you concerned. Acquaint now yourself with God and show yourself to be conformed to his will and be at peace. What are you worried about? What you wear? What are you worried about? What you eat? What you do? Don't be worried. Stop worrying. You know, God's going to go so deep in us if we'll just let him. And this is a time. We're in a time when it's just really appropriate for us to meditate and to grow strong. Don't you want to grow strong? I want to grow so much stronger in God. Acquaint now yourself with him and agree with God and show yourself to be conformed to his will. And let's look at the next few verses. And and just be at peace. Show yourself. Show yourself to be conformed. Receive, I pray you, the law and instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. Okay. Lay up your words in his heart. Lay up your words in his heart. If you lay, verse 24, the gold... In the dust and the gold of Ophir, among the stones of the brook, considering them of little worth. If you don't get shook up about the world, if you don't get shook up about the way you think it should be, if you don't get impatient, if you don't get antsy, if you just don't worry what the world says, you don't be whitewashed on the outside and try to keep it all nice. If you really let God come deep in your heart and do a work in your heart because you become a meditator of the work, becoming a meditator. It's not like, oh, I'm just 
off the edge of my seat here. It's like every day I'm going to get up and I'm going to read my devotion books and I'm going to read and I'm going to, verse 25, make the Almighty my gold. I'm going to make him. You know, we all have, you all have a relationship with God and you talk to him from afar off or you talk to him close. It's your choice. He isn't afar off. He's, he's as close as you want him to be. And when you speak his word to him, he loves it. Because he sees himself in his word. Listen, if I go and I say, but you said, you know, my kids used to come and say to me, but you said, I swear my dogs are human. <laughs> they can hear Gosher in the morning at seven o'clock. And they start barking. This morning they went absolutely demented barking. Finally I thought, okay, I'm getting up. So I got up from what I was reading, and I go out the back door, and there's a honking great fox just glaring at me. Just glaring. Now, we have a difference in our family, because Rod thinks, if you come home with a pet fox, I will move. I don't like foxes. And this one looked at me this morning and stood on the wall. It ran from the garden next door and ran up on the wall and just glared at me. And I learned a big lesson as I glared back. Go! (laughs) There's no power in glaring. There's no power in that. I mean, I glared and I glared and I even did that and a plane went over and I looked up in the sky and then I noticed it unnerved him a bit. And then God said, why did you take your eyes off me? I thought you were going to teach on meditation. I said, there's a honking fox like right there glaring at me and it won't move and I command it to move, you know. In Jesus' name, everything I could think about. Nothing, it just stood there. Beady-eyed, icy cold eyes just staring right through me. And I thought, okay, fine. Shakala hakala. <laughs> Shaka. I'll give you some Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost power. Shakalaka haka. And it just looked like completely indifferent, staring, icy staring at me. And I learned a lesson. I said, Lord, you've got to help me now. I want that fox to go. He said, well, just ignore it. Just ignore it. Stop focusing on it. The dogs were looking around. You know, what's she going to do? I'm like, I'm not doing anything. So I just stood there with my dressing gown. And I was like, shakalakalakalakalaka. Yeah, you're right. Just ignore it. So I walked back to the kitchen door. And then I came back and it was still there. I saw it out of the corner. I thought, Many times you let things get into you and you meditate on them and you should just ignore it. Why? Because you've got your eyes on heaven. You're in harmony. You live in harmony with heaven. I'm not destined. I'm not destined for anywhere less. I'm destined for heaven and I've been given a gift from heaven. So it's important that you Acquaint yourself with God. Make the Almighty your treasure. 
Verse 26 in Job says, Then you will have delight in the Almighty, and you will lift up your face to God. You will make your prayer to him, and he will hear you, and you will pay your vows. Hey, I've made some vows in my life. I don't know about you. You're not supposed to. But there are times when vows are good vows. And I have made some vows in my life. Verse 28 says, you shall decide and decree a thing. I love it. We turned the TV on. I think it maybe was even TV and I don't know. We turned the TV, the TV on and uh, Dutch Sheets was on. And I had just the day before received a recommendation from him from writing for me. And I was like, I love Dutch. I love the holiness he walks in. I love the fear of God he walks in and the sacred way he treasures God's word. And I thought, yeah, we need him to come back. You know, never mind the budgets and don't worry about it. You know, God wants him to come because he taught us things. He was teaching things. You know, and you can feel when the atmosphere just kind of shifts and you can look at the obstacle course, but never mind. You decide and decree. And I made a decision right then. Yeah, I do want him to come back. I don't know when's right. God does. And, and it says in verse 28, you shall decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for you and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Sometimes when I go to prayer for this nation and I hear about the election coming and, oh, it was like, you know, overwhelming a couple of days ago. Maybe it was yesterday. I don't know. And I went and walked out and I thought, no, 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 we're going to have the best person as our prime minister. Come on. We're going to have the very best person who's in harmony with you. I'm not going to fall for the worst. I'm going to fall for the best. And so verse 29 says, When they make you low, you will say there is a lifting up. And the humble person, he lifts up and saves. This is a powerful passage in Job. Because you have to remember, Job had been through a huge amount of trials. He'd been through such a lot. Such a lot. His friends, his family, his health, his finances. Come on. Is that enough trials? Yeah, it's enough trials. Verse 30, I love. For he will even deliver the one for whom you intercede. Wow. Who is not innocent. I don't know about you, but I've got a lot of friends in the world still, and I see them from time to time. And I used to be a lot more on the edge with intercession Nowadays, I feel like I've drawn back a lot and I'm just letting God show me what he wants to do. And that's okay. That's okay. But don't ever forget, don't ever forget the fire that God's put on the inside of you to let it burn and keep speaking out. Don't ever forget Holy Spirit power on your life, through your life. Don't ever forget that. If you, want to, if you want to know what God's got for your life, if you want even the unrighteous one to be delivered through the cleanness of your hands, start praying, start asking God. If you want our city to be delivered, start praying. 
Rain down heaven on Parliament, on Buckingham Palace. Rain it down. Rain it down. Come on, get fervent. If you want God to show up in your family, ask him. Rod read something wonderful the other day from the Amplified Bible, and I'm sure he'll probably teach on it more, about your life is what you've asked for. Your life is about what you've asked for. You know, I've asked God to be the redeemer of the city. And he's told me I'm going to see more in my day than I ever saw. That's what he told me. And I have to hold on to that. Because like what happened last night, that's not what I'm thinking. I'm thinking about the Beatles. I'm thinking about the music. I'm thinking about this church becoming the talk of the town. I'm thinking about good things happening. I'm not thinking about terrible things happening. I'm thinking about being in harmony with heaven. Harmony means agreement. Matthew 18, remember, it says, if two on earth agree is touching, is touching on anything that's his will. If two on earth agree is touching on anything that's his will. It's, it's such a power. Actually, it says, make a symphony. You think about our musicians. They make a masterpiece of music. They make a symphony. We actually agree. Sometimes I hear things and I don't agree with that. But when I hear something that I can agree with, it's a symphony. It's going to happen. Meditate on it. Meditate on who are you agreeing with. Who are you agreeing with? Just always pull back into God. Always pull back into God. And what he says and say, I am going to live in harmony with you, Father. In the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you're always at work within me, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. And even the unrighteous are going to be delivered through the cleanness of my hands. Do I think I'm something special? No, not at all. I just know God chose me to get on with life. And I can't be affected or worried or concerned if it irritates other people or there's something in them that it triggers. I can't worry about that. I have to worry about, well, not even worry. I have to obey God. I have to know that this is for the glory of God. This church is brought together for the glory of God. I have to be faithful to God and to God's word. And if you don't like it, go talk to him about it. Because he's been working on me a long time. And he's still working on me. And there are people that I am to pray for. And you might think, those people are going to be in heaven. I sure hope so. (laughs) I hope so. Anyway, I'm going to finish about meditation. Meditation is bringing God's word into your circumstances. You tell me what's the worst thing in your life, and you tell me what God has to say about it. You tell me. Okay? Applying the treasures of God's word to your daily life. That's what meditation is. This day is a masterpiece. How do you live a masterpiece? One day at a time. One day at a time. Meditation is filling oneself with God's living, active, effective word. Hebrews 4. It's living. 
You say, but I've heard this before. Listen, this isn't about hearing it before. This is about doing it. This is about being a doer of the word. Do you know how many prayer meetings, how many people pray the word? How many people are doers of the word? Meditation is easy to do regardless of location or physical position. You know, the other morning I got up and I went into this meditation time and I introduced myself to God again and I said, okay, what does the future look like? And he said, well, first of all, you can't look at it from where you are. You've got to come up and sit with me. Oh. So I said, Okay, that's really hard to do. He said, no, close your eyes, breathe deep, and get quiet. Now come up with me and sit down. <sighs> well, I had so many things to do that day. <laughs> so many things. You know, my dogs just went to sleep on the carpet in front of me. I thought, it's a good move to start with because they're usually really active. Now you sit down with God. Now you think about the future. Now you're standing before him and actually you're sitting before him and you're thinking about, hmm, okay. Then you look back down to the earth. Then the things don't really matter that have been niggling you. And he goes, okay, now, now go back to where you are. So I went back to the chair sat in the chair, opened my eyes, thought about, there's no way I can get through all the things I need to get through. But that's meditation. Some of you just went with me, didn't you, to heaven, and you sat down, and life looked different. Some of you are so wrapped up in looking at the problems, you can't see God at work. You want, you know, and God's called you to be a seer. He's going to work it out with Israel. He's going to work out the issues with nations. He's going to wake up Eastern Europe. He's going to do, he, he knows what he's doing. All he has to do is just breathe. Look, he parted the Red Sea. You think he can't do it again? You think he can't get rid of all this darkness? A great darkness has covered the earth. But a great light shall come. You think he can't just whoosh one more time? Of course he can. It's very powerful. We're just on the edge of something magnificent. So just let, let your boundaries be a bit more released. Stop being so small-minded. Stop being so concerned and worried. Meditate on his word. Acquaint yourself with God. Who is he? Who is Jesus? Jesus didn't just walk about being antsy. He told it like it was. It says in one place, he looked down into men's hearts. He knew their thoughts. Sometimes we go into situations and we're like, me, 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 all this stuff is going on. And you just think, stop it. Stop it for a minute. I remember Cindy walking into our flat in Grosvenor Park and there was a hole of earth where it should have been a bathroom or a steam room. I just didn't have faith for 500 quid for that steam room and I wanted a steam room there. So there was a hole in the mud. So she just turned and looked at me and she said, and what glory is this bringing to God? I thought, well, who invited you? <laughs> I did. Get out. Just get out. 
you have no idea. You travel the world. You don't know what I deal with. I was mad. I was angry. But you know what? It got in. It got into me. She's right. What glory did it bring to God? None. And you know what? My faith got activated again. And we had a steam room in there within a few weeks. And we had a proper tile bathroom and a loo. And it was all working. You know, making a decision isn't that hard. You just make a decision. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked or stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of mockers. Don't sit down where the mockers are. Sit down with God. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Notice it talks about us walking, standing, sitting. It's your choice where you walk, sit and stand. Okay? It's your choice if you sit in a lazy seat or you go for a fresh supply of God and you're a lively person, you're a vibrant person. It's your choice if you have a problem being in indecision or if you're in stability. What do you think about? What do you meditate on? Poverty or godly achievements? Doom and gloom or intimacy with God. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 